Lord God, we, uh, we do want to recognize that our lives are in your hands, and in that respect, we choose to respect you, to fear you in these moments. As we open up your word now, would you help us to hear from your Holy Spirit what you want us to know and how we can apply your scripture to our lives? We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. All right, you can be seated. Well, today we get to start a new series, which I'm really excited about, and honestly, I hope you like it because we're going to be doing it for three months, so um, we'll see what happens. But the book of Proverbs, we're kind of dubbing this a summer of wisdom because we need wisdom, right? I mean, all of us need it personally. We need to know how to make the right choices and how to put things together. Our world needs it. You look at the world and at any time you, you scratch your head and you go, man, this world is crazy. Well, what, what everybody needs is wisdom. Well, wisdom has to do with perspective. It has to do with how you apply knowledge to life. It has to do with decision making. It has to do with what makes some people successful and other people fail at things. I mean, wisdom, there's, there's a lot to do with wisdom in our daily lives, whether we recognize that or not or call it that or not. Um, God has all sorts of helpful wisdom for your life, for your next step. But it's more than just about wisdom in this life for this world. It's also spiritual wisdom to put life together and live for a purpose that transcends this world. So over the next three months, we're going to look at the book of Proverbs right in the middle of the Bible and discover as much as we can about wisdom. And just like anything else, uh, this series will give you as much as you're willing to put into it. I say that because, as we'll learn along the way, Proverbs is a lot like a gold mine. The more you mine, the more you'll find. Uh, if you read it once, you'll say that was amazing. If you read it ten times, you'll say that was even more amazing. If you take any one verse of it and really chew on it and discuss it with someone else, you'll say, wow, I learned so much because the wisdom is actually designed to be mined. It's designed to be considered. So turn in the Bible to Proverbs chapter 1, and we'll start in verse 1, and today we're just going to introduce what this wisdom is all about, what the book is all about, why would we spend a bunch of time in it this summer, and also I want to offer you a few on-ramps as far as how you can engage with this content all summer long. And I realize the summer is a little different rhythm for a lot of us, so some of you might have family vacations planned, or there might be other crazy things that happen, and in the summer, it's easy to lose track of whatever rhythm you were in, whatever disciplines you maintain, and my hope, my prayer, is that this series, this book, will give us a new discipline of pursuing wisdom every day this summer. So, how will that work? I'll walk that through with you in a moment. First, let's get to the text here. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 1, these are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. Their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline to help them understand the insights of the wise. So a really crystal clear purpose statement for this book of the Bible, right? Really obvious. If you want wisdom, if you want purposeful life, if you want a disciplined life, that's not discipline like getting a spanking, that's discipline like having a plan every day that you follow through on, being able to make the right choices over time, if you want that kind of life, this book is written for you. Now, you might stop and say, wait a minute, why Solomon? 
I mean, wouldn't there be a lot of other wise people in history, wise people even in biblical times that we could say like, hey, give us your wisdom. Solomon had something special, and that's why his Proverbs are in the Bible, and other Proverbs are written, and they might have little nuggets of truth to them, but they're not in the Bible. So just to explore why we would listen to Solomon in particular and why this book is here, I want you to turn back to 1 Kings chapter 3, just to get a little context on why Solomon's wisdom is special. Solomon, or 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 3, says, Solomon loved the Lord and followed all the decrees of his father David, except that Solomon too offered sacrifices and burned incense at the local places of worship. So when Solomon became the king of Israel, at that moment there wasn't an organized central temple to worship in, and that was, you know, something was missing. So Solomon, to the best of his ability, was on the right track, but there was still some, there were still some missing elements in how faith was supposed to fit together with life. The most important of these places of worship, verse 4 says, was at Gibeon. So the king went there and sacrificed 1,000 burnt offerings. Now, I don't, I don't know about you. Maybe some of you farmers would know, but I'm guessing 1,000 farm animals, regardless of the animal you pick, is a pretty expensive deal, right? And so when Solomon shows up and makes 1,000 burnt offerings... You say, wow, he's pretty serious about something. So that night, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream and said, what do you want? (laughs) Which I think is kind of, you know, you just think, hey, Solomon, you've got my attention here. You obviously want something. Tell me more. Ask, and I will give it to you. Which, in some crazy way, you might almost imagine a little bit like that moment that Aladdin's genie popped out of the lamp and says, you can ask me for anything. What do you want? So here's Solomon's golden opportunity, literally, right? To just, God is saying to him, you have my attention. You can ask for anything you want. What did Solomon ask for? Verse 6, Solomon replied, you showed faithful love to your servant, my father David, because he was honest and true and faithful to you. And you've continued your faithful love to him today by giving him a son to sit on his throne. Now, O Lord my God, you have made me the king instead of my father David, but I'm like a little child who doesn't know his way around. And here I'm in the midst of your own chosen people, a nation so great and numerous they cannot be counted. Give me an understanding heart so that I can govern your people well and know the difference between right and wrong. For who by himself is able to govern this great people of yours? I think Solomon, for whatever happened in his life, in this moment, he made a really wise choice. He asked for wisdom. He recognized, I mean, he could have asked for whatever, something great to happen in his kingdom or all of his best dreams to come true. He could have asked for anything, but he knew that what he needed more than any of that, the most valuable thing he could ask for would actually be God's perspective, God's wisdom in his heart. So verse 7, or verse 10 says, The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for wisdom. So God replied, Because you've asked for wisdom in governing with justice and have not asked for long life or wealth or the death of your enemies, I will give you what you've asked for. I will give you a wise and understanding heart 
such as no one else has had or ever will have. You say, ah, there's the reason we're going to read Solomon's Proverbs and not someone else's. He had supernaturally inspired wisdom. And I will also give you what you did not ask for, riches and fame. No other king in all the world will be you for the rest of your life. And if you follow me and obey my decrees and commands as your father David did, I will give you a long life. Now you can jump over one page to chapter 4 and look down to verse 29 and you can see how this starts to play out in Solomon's life as he ascends the throne, he's the king of Israel, and people start to get to know his wisdom. It says, God gave Solomon very great wisdom and understanding and knowledge as vast as the sands of the seashore. In fact, his wisdom exceeded all that the wise men of the east or the wise men of Egypt. He was wiser than anyone else, including Ethan the Ezraite and, and the sons of Mahol, Heman, and a bunch of people we don't know, right? The, the Instagram influencers of the day. There they were. Um, his fame spread throughout all the surrounding nations. He, was composed of, he composed some 3,000 proverbs and wrote 1,005 songs. He could speak with authority about all kinds of plants, from the great cedar of Lebanon to the tiny hyssop that grows from the cracks in the wall. He also could speak about animals, birds, small creatures, and fish. The kings from every nation sent their ambassadors to listen to the wisdom of Solomon. Which is kind of striking that Solomon's wisdom was not just moral wisdom, it was actually scientific wisdom as well. I mean, Solomon was, he was Google, right? I mean, you could ask him anything and he had something to give you back, right? So God gave him this amazing treasure trove of knowledge and wisdom that, would, that became known throughout the world. And, and you might say, wow, I wish that would happen to me. You know, I wish I had of all of that. Well, you do. The book of Proverbs. So for three months, we're going to dive in. We're going to look at Proverbs and mine out as much wisdom as we can and, and see how wisdom that was recorded a few thousand years ago still works. In fact, it will work better than any current wisdom you can find. This is God's inspired wisdom for how human life is supposed to work. So you think about relationships, think about your workplace, think about your finances, think about how to deal with conflict with other people or what to pursue in life or how to have the right perspective on tough times. All of that is covered in Proverbs. So we'll walk through it and we'll say, Lord, what do you want to teach us through this? Now, we'll, we'll continue on in the, in the introduction here to the text. Going on to the next verse, it says, their purpose, the purpose of Proverbs, is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives, to help them do what is right and just and fair, these Proverbs will give insight to the simple, knowledge and discernment to the young. Now, no matter what stage of life you're in, I really believe reading the book of Proverbs, diving in deep, is going to serve you well. You will grow in wisdom and it will help you. But it will help you even more if you're young. If you're 13, if you're 17... If you're 22, you're still in a stage where you're making decisions that have a 50-year impact, what, maybe 70-year impact. Didn't we just hear our friend just live to 103? So, I mean, you, you still may have a bunch of years left in your life. If you will learn wisdom now, you are the more impact that will have on your future. 
So you want a successful life? Gain wisdom. Now, something interesting that I notice in Christian circles is that sometimes when someone starts talking about success or prosperity, we all throw like red flags up because we've heard of churches that talk about that all wrong, right? You hear about, you turn on Christian television or so-called Christian television somewhere, and you hear someone saying, like, if you'll give your gift, you'll be blessed with success. Well, the Bible doesn't talk like that at all, but it does talk about success, and it does talk about the way of life that works better than the other way of life. And so when we see in Proverbs the word success, we lean toward it. We say, okay, I know, I know there's a bunch of error out there about how people think of this, but I want to find the truth. Whatever it is that God would say makes life work, I would like to know it. So Proverbs is written for us to understand how do we live a disciplined and successful life. I like to add two words when I think about success in the Bible, just to kind of modify it and understand it. Earthly success and eternal success. How many of you would enjoy having both? I wouldn't mind. So eternal success obviously is more important. That would be that my life's purpose is fulfilled and I have a relationship with God that lasts forever, of course. But earthly success would be, uh, am I successful with my family or with my career or in my relationships? I mean, do I, does my life go the right direction? Well, of course, I want that kind of success too. The wisdom of Solomon, which is actually God's wisdom to us, is going to help us live a successful life. And again, as I mentioned before, the more you're willing to dig in, the more you'll draw out. So, Next uh, verse here says, let the wise listen to these proverbs and become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance by exploring the meaning in these proverbs and parables, the words of the wise and their riddles. I actually think the beginning of verse 5 there is a little bit sad because who is it that listens to stuff like this? The people that are already wise. Right? It's kind of like, who goes to the financial success seminar? The people that are already doing the right things with their money. The people that need it the most don't even know they need it, and thus they don't listen. Or they resist it, and they say, I already know what I need to know. And so they miss out on wisdom because they don't want to listen. I think the word listen is actually the key word in the book of Proverbs. So as we go through this this summer... Really, the difference for you, as whether it, whether it will work or not in your life, has everything to do with whether you listen. It doesn't have to do with how smart you are. I mean, some of you might be really, really smart. You pick all this up really quick. The question is, can your heart listen? See, people that can't listen close their ears and they stop learning. They stop growing. They stop adapting because they think they already know the right answer. Proverbs calls that person a fool. The wise listen to wisdom. You've heard the saying, you know, the rich get richer, the poor get poorer. It's not really always true. But something I think is actually always true is the wise get wiser and the fools get more foolish. Because the fool stops their development as soon as they stop listening. And so now forward going in their life, they never grow out of their foolishness. That's why you meet adults that still act like little kids. It's because they never grew. They're fools, right? But if you're wise, you start listening. 
And you can do that at any age or any stage of your life. So let the wise listen to these Proverbs and become even wiser. Another key word is to receive the guidance. Like listening is one thing. Receiving is kind of the next level of that. Receiving takes humility. You know, somebody might say a tough thing to you, and if you're mature about it, you might say, you know, I receive that. I, I'm letting that thought into my heart. I'm not defending. I'm not trying to push back. I actually receive what you're saying. Proverbs is going to give us a lot to think about. And in that moment, when the pressure is on, and you could defend yourself, and no, no, I know my own way. I want to do it. I want to try my way first. That's not receiving, right? So when you receive it, you say, in humility, I have so much to learn. Of course I want to listen. So again, the wise people lean forward for things like this. The foolish people step back from it. And then I think the part of this that's the most fun, and this is what we get to spend our summer doing, is exploring. Proverbs is like a gold mine. You could go through it. The first time you go through it, you know, you're going to learn so much. But then when you zoom in and go through it again, you're going to learn something else because the application to your life will be different the next time you go through it. So like I mentioned, there, there's a few on-ramps that you can take this summer as far as how to get this going in your life. And that way, no matter where this summer takes you, you, you'll have the book of Proverbs open in your life every day. And if you'll do that, if you'll make that commitment along with me to keep Proverbs open this summer, I honestly believe by August 31st, you'll be stronger, you'll be wiser, you'll have a closer relationship with God, you'll probably have better relationships with people around you, you might even be on a better career track, you might even be making more money or doing better, making better life choices, because that literally is how this book lays out. It teaches us the way of wisdom and helps us start walking in it. So if that sounds like a good summer to you, then join us and let's get on it. So here's the verse I wanted to zoom in on today just to kind of, and this is what our song we sang a little bit ago was alluding to, where it all begins, how you understand wisdom in your life. It doesn't actually start with the encyclopedia or with you know, a list of riddles or something. Wisdom starts with a heart attitude and a perspective that we call the fear of the Lord. So verse 7 says, the fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. The fear of the Lord, some people would look at that and say that, you know, I, am I supposed to be afraid of God? And that's not really what this is saying, especially if you're wise. So later in the text, we'll learn, you know, if you're foolish, if you're a mocker, if you're actively resisting God, then maybe you should actually be afraid of God's judgment that will come, like the consequences of the life lived apart from God. It's pretty terrifying. But when you're wise and you think about fearing God, thinking of it in a little different frame, you have a deep heart-level respect for God as your leader, as your Lord. I, I like to define the fear of the Lord this way. The fear of the Lord is my constant awareness of his presence and daily accountability to his purpose. Constantly aware, God is watching me. God is with me. God sees my thoughts. God knows my motives. If, if you realize you're being watched, it does change your behavior. Do you agree with that? So I, I think about the, you know, my 
dad walking into the room when I was a kid, um, suddenly, whoa, I, you know, I've got to change what I'm doing. Um, when, uh, when the boss would come down, um, the place I used to work, there was an elevator, and you could see the elevator coming down, you could see the shoes of the people who were coming down, and if you recognize it's the boss coming down, suddenly we're scurrying to be working really hard so that he thinks we're always working really hard, right? Um, the awareness that God is always watching changes how we think, how we process decisions. So even before you know any of the rest of, book of, of the book of Proverbs, before you gain wisdom, just understanding that God is with you is the foundation of starting to make the better choices. And the other side of this is the accountability to his purpose. That all the time, every decision I have in my life, every day, I'm accountable to God. I'd like you to look at Hebrews 4 for just a minute. Hebrews 4 verse 13 just one verse. It's a powerful one. Speaking about how God's word is alive and active and penetrates into our souls. Then verse 13 says, nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. He is the one to whom we are accountable. So if you think about it, with an earthly authority, you know, you can sort of, you could break the rules and they might not realize it, right? You could speed and then slow down when you see the police car and you might get away with it. Um, you can change how you're acting when your parents are nearby and maybe they won't realize what's really going on, although they probably actually do, just so you know. Um, and uh, uh, you, you, might, you might think you can pull one over on your boss and they don't realize what you're actually doing with your time. But you can't play games like that with God. Everything is naked before Him. Laid right out there. He sees you. All of you, all the time. And He's the one that you'll stand before and give an account for your life someday. So would that change your decisions and your behavior if you were constantly aware of that? It does for me. Actually, sin, like temptation kind of loses its luster when you realize God is right here with me right now, and I'm accountable for what I do. It, it, it changes your, the, the, the way that you think about what you're doing and what you're supposed to do. So the fear of the Lord, you can think of as the foundation of the wisdom that you need to build in your life. And it says, fools despise this. Right, the last thing a proud heart wants to think about is accountability. The last thing a proud heart wants to have happen is for someone to tell them what to do or what they ought to do or that they were wrong somehow. So, so what will happen in your heart if you have given your heart over to foolishness and pride is you'll encounter Proverbs and you'll resist what you read and hear. You might be able to learn something. I mean, there's lots of wisdom that would, I suppose, work for you even if you're proud. But if you want to mine this thing, if you want to really know God and His way of life, to give up your pride, lean forward and listen. Have a humble heart that's ready to receive and God will show you all sorts of amazing treasure as you seek Him. So, I 
promised a few on-ramps for this series, like how you can engage this summer. Here are a few of those. First of all, you can get daily texts that we'll send out at lunchtime every day, starting tomorrow, if you sign up. And what that will do is it will give you a daily reminder of what we're studying this summer. You'll get a little proverbial wisdom right out of the scripture, maybe a question occasionally to think about, reminders about different ways to engage with the content we're walking through. That will help keep this in mind. So we did this process. Some of you were here a few years ago. We, we did a study through the prophets. You remember that? And we sent out a daily text. I really liked getting those because even though I was one of the teachers of the series, you would think it would be always on my mind, but it, it wasn't. And there were days when I had other things going on. And getting that text at lunchtime kept me centered on like, this is what I'm learning this week. This is how I can pray this week. This is how I can keep going forward this week. So we're starting that tomorrow, and I'd love for you to opt into that. Okay, I'll share, I'll share with you how you can opt in in just a second. The second way that you can engage and start mining is to read the proverb of the day every day this summer. So Proverbs conveniently has 31 chapters which means you can line up the proverb and the date on any given day. So what proverb would you read today? I came in here thinking you would read Proverbs 3, and then I realized someone said it's the fifth. Is, that, is it actually the fifth? So life goes fast. That's why we need wisdom, right? So, so today you would open up, you'd read Proverbs 5 because it's the 5th of June. Tomorrow you read the 6th, you know, you go on and so on. That means, especially if you catch up, you could read this book three times this summer as we walk through it. And that's where I believe you'll get the most value. So this would become, like as we meet here, this is kind of supplemental to that. But when you have your Bible open in front of you, God will give you wisdom. And that's when you can pray and you can say, Lord, how do I live this? Um, so when you come here, hopefully we'll motivate you, excite you, give some extra teaching and fun content. But at the end of the day, if you want the Holy Spirit to teach you, open your Bible and start diving in. So read the proverb of the day, attend the weekly services. Obviously, you're all, you all get an A-plus so far in June for that. Um, and then discuss with God and others what's happening. One of, one of my favorite things that I can remember from long travel days that I used to have when I was on a traveling team with Life Action and we were going all around America, um, you know, the long travel days were a mixed bag. Because sometimes, you know, you get to hang out with your friends all day on the bus and stop at a nice restaurant. It's kind of fun. But it does start to wear out eventually. Around hour seven or so, you've kind of worn out your music. You've worn out the people around you. Switch seats, wear those people out. Pretty soon you're just kind of thinking, well, I need something to do, like something to think about. So a couple of my buddies and I on the bus, um, we decided to do, uh, to sort of spar about the book of Proverbs. I don't remember who thought this up, but it actually got to be a lot of fun, where we'd open up the proverb of the day, read a few verses, find a verse that was like, I don't know, controversial or interesting, and then just go around. Well, what do you think it means? What do you think it means? What does it mean to you? And, well, we'd have really fun discussions because when you approach wisdom like this, you realize you're bringing your perspective to the table, but as soon as you add another person, you've added another perspective, and now the conversation goes a whole other level deeper. More, more interesting. Uh, so we would have a blast talking about it with each other, and I would challenge you to do that this summer with your family, with small group, maybe out at the barbecue, where, wherever you're at. Just say, hey, proverb of the day, here's where we're at. Um, let's talk about what we're learning. 
and, and you'll, you'll have fun too. I can almost guarantee you. I know some of, someone out there is going to try it and say, it really wasn't as fun as you said. I'm sorry. I can't help the fools. I really can't. But the wise, <laughs> you'll, you'll get it, right? So, um, and by the way, we will talk about the, the fools and the mockers and stuff next week. Uh, there's a lots in the rest of chapter one about that, and hopefully you aren't among them. If you are, I suspect you won't show up, so I, I don't have to worry about it. So, all right, and so then discussing this with God, obviously, is really important, because as you pray, you say, okay, Holy Spirit, like, here's this nugget of wisdom. Would you help me apply this to my life? Would you show me where I'm not walking the right way, and how should I walk the right way? And, and God will answer that prayer as you pray it. So here's how to get started on that track. Uh, it's really easy. If you have your phone with you, you can do it right now. Uh, this is our church phone number. And by the way, you can always text the church phone number with anything you need or you want to sign up for something or you have a prayer request or you need help. You text that number and pretty much right away, you'll, someone will see it and reply if needed. Uh, but today, all you have to do is text your first and last name along with the word wisdom or Proverbs or any other tell us that you want to be on the list that gets the daily texts, and we will add you to that list, all right? So there'll still be general texts that go out from the church, and hopefully a lot of you are on that list, but if you want to opt in to get more, I didn't want to send it to everybody automatically because I didn't want you all to get frustrated and unsubscribe, right? So you have to opt into this part of it, and uh, once you do, every day you'll hear from the church about wisdom, you'll get a proverb to think about, and hopefully that will encourage us to kind of keep this thought alive Monday through Saturday, not just here on Sunday. Okay? So, by the way, if you don't have your phone with you, you still want to sign up, and you can write, the, you write something on a card, tell somebody. We'll, we'll find a way to get you on the list if you want to be on the list. Just let us know. Um, I want to go back to chapter 1, verse 7 for just a minute and pray about it. Pray that God would give us his grace to hear this truth to be ready for what he might want to do in our lives this, this season. So, Lord, we come to you right now. We recognize that fearing you, respecting you, honoring your position in our lives is the foundation of wisdom. We realize that knowing your purpose, living with an awareness of your presence, recognizing our accountability to you, is what will help us humble ourselves and listen closely. So Lord, I pray that we would be among the wise, that in whatever way is possible, we would engage with the book of Proverbs this summer not just for the sake of learning about earthly success or principles that might help us out, but Lord, we want to know you through this book. We want to know where you want our lives to go and how we can be effective in every aspect of our lives. And we know that these nuggets of wisdom have been recorded so that we can live disciplined and successful lives so that we can have understanding and insight so, Lord, we look forward to where you'll take us from here. We pray that you would give us wisdom. We look forward to it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. God bless you.